And if you're a guest here today, I want to encourage you, you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I would say for many of us as a church, we're not taking advantage of this relationship. This person. He doesn't call it an it. It's a person. It's him. See, Jesus said, I'm going to replace myself with an advocate, with a counselor. And we're going to get into this the next few weeks, all the descriptions of the Holy Spirit. But I want to encourage you to think long and hard about what you have, the treasure that you have in the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and, and just so we can be clear a, a, as a church, I, I want to I share with you, why, why are we doing this, this series? This series really is all about how me and some of the other ministers and the elders look at the church and, you know, we ask the question, are we really like what we see in the book of Acts? As you look at the book of Acts and you study the book of Acts and you see the church and how they were and you look at us and you go, are we really like that? And, you know, Moses was having a conversation with God. You know, it was right around that time when he got the tablets, maybe, maybe afterwards, and he got the tablets. And, and Moses would have face-to-face conversations with God. And they were about to go into the promised land. And, you know, God was kind of really upset with his people, Israel, because they were off again, on again, off again, on again with their relationship with him. They would follow him, and then they wouldn't follow him. And then they built this, this, this calf and started worshiping this calf. And God got to the point, he says, I'm done. And he, he told them in the Exodus 33, we're going to read part of it, but he said, you go on up to the promised land. He told Moses this. He says, you go on up, and, and, and you go up there to that land, and, and it's full of milk and honey, and it's going to be awesome, and, and what I promised Abraham, I'm going to fulfill that promise. I'm just not going with you. You go. I'm not going with you, God said to Moses, because these people are stiff-necked. I I can't be with them any longer. And so Moses heard God, and, you know, there's a lot of excitement. You go, well, you're going to go into the promised land and milk and honey and all the blessings, and we're going to have everything. But Moses thought long and hard about that statement that God said, you're not going. And, And look at what he said here in verse 15. He says, then Moses said to him, If your presence doesn't go with us, do not not send us up out of here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So Moses' reaction was, I don't want to go. I would, be, I would rather us stay right here in the desert, in this, in this place, than go up to the place of a land of enough, more than enough, Southern California type of place with palm trees and, and fruit and honey and all kinds of things. I mean, just an incredible place. God, we don't want to go up there. If you won't go with us, I don't want to go. And so God changed his mind because of Moses' heart. You know the interesting thing about church work? We can go on ahead without God. Individually, many of us can start our day with God, and then we close the Bible, we finish our prayer time, and guess where we go? We go on up, but God's presence isn't with us. It's evident. 
And, and Moses says here, what's going to distinguish you from everybody else? What's going to distinguish us? If you're not with us, God, I'm just like everybody else. And the truth of the matter is, too many of us are just like everybody else. That was never Jesus' plan. So collectively, I would like for us to say together, God, if you don't go forward with us, if your presence isn't going to be with us as a church and as individuals, we're not going to go. We might as well shut the doors and stop now. That's how serious it is. And some of us have been neglecting. We're in the land of milk and honey, but God's presence isn't with us. Or he is with us and we're not aware of it. And some of us, we have his presence, but we're not aware of how to use it, how to, how to, how to just grow it out. So th this is kind of the, the heart behind this series. God, we want you with us on an individual level and also as a church. So I want to encourage you with that th this week. And, and, and here's the real question is, is, are we dependent on ourselves or are we dependent and desperate for his spirit. You know where the Holy Spirit shows up? In places where people are desperate for him. Can you remember your time of desperation? You remember? You said, God, you've got to come through for me. I'm in, I'm in a hard spot. If you don't help me right now, I, my life is going to come undone. I am desperate for you. You've got to help me. You've got to come through for me, God. My life is coming undone. My marriage is coming undone. My family's coming undone. You've got to be with me. I'm desperate for you. And so you set aside the time to pray. You set a time, the time to seek God. You came to church so regularly. If church was every day, you were there, early and late. You couldn't get enough of God. But what happens with time once we get out of the desperation mode and our needs are taken care of? And times are good. What happens? We, we, we become self-reliant. In the United States of America, we are super self-reliant. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I don't need other people in the church. I got me. I got me. I got a car, and, and I've got a credit card with money in the bank account, I got a cell phone, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't need anything. I don't need anyone. You, you, you have no idea how fragile, how delicate your life is. And let me just say, I sit on the, on, the, on the bedside with people who have months, days to live, and they have a different look in their eye. I go to funerals where we've lost people. Loved ones, 14, 15 years old, and you go, what? How could this happen? Oh, and the cries are loud then. The crowds are like, God, please help us. Help us now. But one week before, I got this. Guys, we got to learn as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need him every day. We need him. we got to have him. I don't want to learn the hard way. And I got to tell you, even as your minister, I want to grow in my dependency on God because I'm, I'm finding that I'm not able to do it. This job's too much for me. 
And not just this job, but, but what's this task that we have to help all these people in our community. We gotta help the poor, we gotta help the weak, we gotta help the lost people, we gotta help our neighbors. It's just too much, and you go, whoa, how are we gonna do all this? And I wanna encourage you in this series, in the next five weeks, is to lay aside your stereotypes and be open to God's word. All of us got baggage, right? And when, the moment we mention the Holy Spirit, you go, mm, I don't know what's going to happen. How's this going to play out? And then, then some of you, you've got, your own, you've got your own ideas about the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, come on. Hey, we've got to look at the, God, the Word of God in the next few weeks. And I want you to be open. I want you to be open to what God can reveal to you. Don't assume that you know. I don't know enough. I'm going into this series learning. God, teach us, teach me, show me, show us how to live more reliant on you. And we're not going to emphasize experience. We're going to emphasize relationship. I got a relationship with my, li- my wife. Experiences are great. But I want the relationship over experience. I want them both, but I really want the relationship And relationships have highs, and they have middles, and they have lows. But I'm in it. I'm in it. And that's the way it is with all of us, that relationship. This is a great verse, a great example, these Bereans, as Paul ran into them in Acts 17. Now, the Berean Jews were, were of more noble character, if we could bring this in just a little bit, of more noble character than the Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures, how often? Every day to see if what Paul said was true. I want you to dig into the Scriptures. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. You dig into the Scriptures. You know how readily available the Bible is to all of us? It's everywhere. It's online on your computer. I got an app with, you know, several versions and languages on here. It's amazing. Yet we'll go days without reading the Word. Do you know how God helps us and guides us? You know, there used to be a time in, 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 in our fellowship, in our church, where we would encourage each other to have a quiet time every day. Oh, that's so much. That's so much time. We've graduated from that. Plus, we're more busy than we were then. No, what you are is you are more self-reliant. And you are not going to experience the favor of God, the power of God, the blessing of God, because you have his word. So I want you to be great students. Don't take my word for it. Study it out. Learn it. Examine the scriptures every day. Do your own Bible study. Read the book, Forgotten God. It's a great, it's a great tool for you to learn and ask questions of yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Look at what Paul said about his time with the Corinth church. He says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. How were the messages on Sunday with Paul? I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine me coming out here with, you know, a cane and kind of a raspy voice and, you know, and just no, no, no videos, no lights, no sound. Basically just a really flat service. And I, I kind of, you know, when you just go, wow. 
how's he doing? And, and, and Paul was, he said he was sick on another place in Corinth. He said he was sick, and he came with great fear. Could you imagine coming? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a little scared today. I mean, that's how he came to the church in Corinth. But my message with my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Meaning when the word went out, the Spirit did something inside of people. It moved. But who did it move? Open people. Receptive people. People with their hands open and their hearts open. Not, I know it all and I got this and when's this going to be over type of people. Really? Listen, when I came to church the first time at 21 years old, I sat, I sat in the front. I had my Bible and it had training wheels on it. You know what training wheels are? I had little tabs, little tabs. See, because in the old days, we go to a lot of scriptures and I had to go to the tabs because I didn't know where any of it was. Leviticus? Where's Leviticus? Leviticus. Oh, there it is. And a brother came up to me uh, a couple months later. He says, you need to get the training wheels off and you need to get to know the word of God. Come on. And shortly thereafter, I did. But let me just say, when I came to church, God spoke to me. He moved, but he moves where people are open and they're receptive and they're not distracted. One of our biggest problems is we're thinking about other things instead of God and our eternity and our relationship with him and how we're doing morally, how we're doing spiritually. And, And the Spirit worked so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. I mean, let's just change it around. Who speaks on Sunday? Let's just get some guy up here who, you know, is not really, doesn't have the videos, doesn't have the stuff, and get the music ministry. Just get one guy with a guitar and, you know, you know, you wouldn't be entertained. What's your faith resting on? Do you realize that we got brothers and sisters? There's a, there's a church in Cuba, Havana, Cuba. Do you know where they meet? They meet on a rooftop somewhere. And when you Move, the the roof moves with it. I mean, it's crazy. It's very humble settings. And it's like, you know, and and I've been to some of these services and the message you just go, God, you're here. (laughs) Because it's not that great on the outside. But you see it in the people's eyes. You see it in their hearts. And you go, this is a demonstration of God's power, not man's power. So we got to change the way we think. And we've got to change the way we respond. Look at what he says here in Romans. Paul says here, Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 9. And this is the introduction to our series. So we're going to jump around a little bit. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit indeed. In, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Now look at this, lives in you. He's inside of you. Now let me ask you a question. If I told you, kind of silly example. If I told you that I had a supernatural encounter with God and he gave me basketball abilities that are supernatural. I mean, just, whoa. Who would you think I would play like? You think, I don't know if you guys have watched any highlights, but there's this kid now, Golden State Warriors, Stephen Curry. 
I mean, you just go, now if I played like him, you go, oh yeah, he had an experience, all right. That's because I remember how he used to play and now he plays, wow. But if I played the same way that I used to play, guess what you would say? I don't know about your experience, dog. I question, I question that experience. You say God did what? Okay. Gotcha. Because bottom line, you say there's no difference. There's absolutely no difference the before and the after. Okay, let's bring this home. If God lives in you, how are you living your life? Is there evidence of a supernatural change? Not, not in the, you know, the flashy stuff. I'm talking about patience, kindness, love, peace. You know, the fruits of the Spirit. We're going to talk about them in the, in the coming weeks, but is there evidence of God in your life? Is there evidence of that, 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 that encounter, that ability, that something where you go, wow, that's the way it was in the first century. When the, when the, when the disciples walked into a room, it's like, whoa, who is this guy? People felt threatened, and they wanted to kill him. When, when they looked at Stephen's eyes, they saw the presence of an angel. And when he spoke, it was like, whoa, there's only one way to stop this guy. We take him out. He's too much. Can't have any discussion because there's too much love. There's too much power here. I can't, I can't deal with this. Too much, too much of the Holy Spirit of God in him. I, I say this not to make you feel bad, but to raise your expectations of who we can be, who we should be we got to be a people that, that, are, that, are, that are transformed. we got to raise the bar for us, not in who I am, because I'm a mess. Peter was a mess. I'm sure Stephen was a mess before he became a disciple and a follower of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit elevated his game, elevated their game. Let the Holy Spirit elevate your game in the way you live. James put it this way. He said, can salt water come out of a freshwater spring? Mm-mm. Doesn't work, does it? How, how can vulgarity come out of our mouth if the Holy Spirit is there? How can sexual promiscuity come out of our lives when, when we walk in the Spirit? How can hatred and greed and, and all these, these ugly things come out of our hearts and our lives? You know, when we look at somebody and we just hate them, when we look at them, we've got attitudes and stuff, and you just go, how can that be? So what you need to do when that stuff comes out and go, Holy Spirit, I need your help. God, I need your help. I want to raise the bar. I want to be different. I want to be better. And then things start happening. They start happening. And that's, what's, that's our goal in this whole series, that things will start happening in your life. And, and, and look at what Jesus said here, John 14, 15, and 16, 15 through 17. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever in the spirit of truth. What's Jesus saying here? I'm going to go. And this word here, another, right here, this word another, in the Greek it means just like. Guess who's with you? Stop and think about that. Guess who's with you? If you're a follower of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit, if you don't and if you're not, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody after service today, and we'll help you with that. We'll get you on track. But do you know who you have, brother and sister? You've got Jesus in you. 
I mean, I started to play this out the last couple of weeks. As I'm in my car, and I'm driving down the freeway, and I look to the, I look to the passenger seat, you know. And you can say, you're kind of weird, but I, go, I look at my passenger seat, and I go, he's with me. So I start talking to him. Shh, don't tell anybody, okay, because it sounds weird. Don't tell anybody. I do this stuff. But I, I talk to the Holy Spirit. I tell him, I need your help. So why do you talk to the Holy Spirit? That, that, you know, I don't get all that. Because Jesus said, I'm sending the advocate. You can call him advocate. You can call him counselor. I just like to call him the Holy Spirit. That's the most frequently used. He's in me. He's with me. And he'll be with you to do what? Help. How, when do you need help? You know when I need help? Right now I need help. I need help all the time. You know, I'm in the car with Laura, and she's telling me all the things that are going on in the church, and I'm like, Lord, help me. Help, help me, help us, help us. Okay? You know, I'm looking at, looking at the bills. Help me, Lord. College tuition's coming in. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. I look at the church. I look at this situation, that situation, this person, the other person. Oh, Lord Jesus, help, Holy Spirit, help, help me. Do you do that or do you stress? Do you just freak out and go ballistic and lose it and go off on people that you love? Instead of react, instead of saying all that stuff, instead of going off, why don't you try this? Help me. And Laura goes, what, what did you say? I, I was talking to God. She's caught me in this, okay? Because she's telling me stuff, and I start talking quietly. I'm like, God, God, can you, can you help me with this? Can you help us with this? I, I really need your help. And she said, what did you say? Nothing. This is how I'm trying to practice out what we're learning. Guys, I want to take my walk with Jesus. I want to take my life to another level. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want us to stay the same. Where we are now is stagnant. we got to take things to another level, and today is a great day to do that. Will we do that together? Now, the other part is I will be with you. I will be with you. Do you know that you have someone with you? He's with you. He's in you. He can be there to comfort you through every what you go. That gives me great peace. Because sometimes it gets lonely. You know what I'm saying? I don't know some of you deal with loneliness. You know, when it's gray and dark and there's problems, you get lonely and you just need to take comfort in this. But what would our lives look like if we really trusted and took hold of what we're talking about right here? What would our lives look like? And that's what we're going to do in the next coming weeks. Luke chapter 11. And this is, if you're a guest here, I want you to hear this. This is so, so important. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Jesus is talking about the promise of prayer. He says, if you then, and he's talking about fathers, he starts out this example. If you were a dad, would you give your son asked you for a piece of bread, would you give him a snake? If you ask him for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? He says, no, you wouldn't do that if you're a dad. If you then are evil, 
which we are, if you then are evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more does God want to give you? How much more does he want to give you power to change your life? How much more love does he want to give you? How much more, how much more peace, patience, kindness, joy does he want to give you? I don't see enough joy in us. I mean, we need to wake up in the morning and go, God, thank you, thank you. I, I don't have enough joy. I'm sorry, I don't. I want more. Do you want more? And God's saying, I want to give it to you. We've talked about this before. I'm a dad. I want to give my kids what they want, not what they need. And she has to help me. I have to call my parents and say, do you think I should give them that? Because I want to. I'm like, no, I'm probably not the best right now. All right. But what's my heart? What's, your, what's God's heart with you? He wants to give it to you. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. Will you receive this today? It's so important. And then to wrap it up, this is very, very important as we go through the series. Look at what Paul says here to the church. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. The Spirit is described as a fire. How can you, you know, I, I got to confess, I'm, I'm a little bit of a pyromaniac. Okay, can I be open with you guys? When, when I have fires, you know, I like to put a lot of wood on the fire. How much wood? A lot of wood. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, they would have these homecoming bonfires. I don't know if you guys do, they don't do that in California, but where I was from, had these huge, as big as, big as this sometimes, huge bonfires. And you just feel the heat, and you go, put a little more wood on the fire. <laughs> you know, let's get some gas, and woo. And that was crazy. I almost, I almost, we had a shed behind our house. I almost set the whole house on, a little shed on fire. Seriously. I think in the area of Holy Spirit, we need to be pyromaniacs. God, I want more fire from you. I do. I want to be zealous for you. I want to love you. I want to be excited about you. I want to be whatever you want, I want. And, and Paul says here, don't put it out. How do you put it out? And we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. And then it says here, don't treat prophecy with contempt, but test them all. What, what is prophecy? It's a message from God. We get messages from God every now and then. I don't know if you know that or not. You know, a little something? It, it, it works well with your conscience. Then, then somebody will come up to you and maybe share a message from God. How do you treat that? Uh, it's just a voice, stupid voice. Don't do that. Why not? And then we argue with the voice. Okay? Don't, don't, treat, don't treat prophecy or... or, or a voice from God, a message from God. Don't treat it with contempt. Think about it. Think about it. Think about what that person or what the, your, your, your spirit is saying to you. Take it into consideration. But it says here, test them all. Test them all. I believe when some of us are going to have conversations in the future, we need, we need to take into account what people say. Because we have God, we have the Bible, but guess what we have here? We have a spiritual community. And guess what? Like it or not, we're accountable to this spiritual community. 
And when somebody says something to us in our family, in our spiritual family, we got to listen. Because it's a, it's a voice. Test it. And how do you test it? I believe one of the greatest tests is, it, is this go along with what the Scriptures teach. And as you get to know the Scriptures, you're going to see, is this in line with what the Scriptures teach? Is this, is this congruent? Hold on to what is good. Amen. Hold on to what is good. If it's good, hold it. Squeeze it. Run with it. Avoid every kind of evil. What's he talking about? If there's a voice that's going to hurt your brother, hurt the family of God, you better consider very seriously because that right there is flat evil. I'll, sh I'll share with you more in, in the future, but I, I just got to say, I've experienced a lot of hurt in the church over the years. You have no idea the pain that I've felt in the church with people who are following the voice of God. And I go, that can't be the voice of God. It can't be the voice of God because the voice of God would never do that. He'd never hurt his family. He'd never do that. He'd never justify that. We got relationships here. And whatever decision you make, you got to consider your people around you. I can't go off and do stuff. I got to consider you. You can't do it either. We've got to consider our family, so avoid any kind of, of, of hurtful. Evil is hurtful things. And we have a responsibility to each other, okay? And, and, and I want us to do that together, so let's wrap this up. In celebration, in celebration of the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit showed up. Tongues of fire. A lot of people like the fire and the tongues and the things. They were languages. Yesterday I got to be a part of the Latin Festival Proclama in Pasadena. And there were people from all over the United States, Latinos, hablando eh, español. Javier Maya was there. He sends his love to you. Uh, I saw a brother from San Diego, from Miami, Chico. There were some Cuban brothers there. They brought the, they brought the salsa. They brought the, 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 the whole thing. And it was awesome to hear the Word of God declared in Spanish. You know, there are languages spoken all over the world declaring God's favor and in this day, the Holy Spirit showed up, incredible. But what did the Holy Spirit say? What was the purpose of the event? The purpose of the event was to proclaim the glory of God to the nations. See, because that day there were people from all the nations. And see, what can happen with the Holy Spirit is we can, we can have a, an experience and it can be very me and God, and that's okay, but it's got to be going somewhere with it. And in that day, 3,000 people heard God's message. And so let's read it together, what Peter said. Acts chapter 2, verse, verse 36. You with me? Look at what Peter said via the Holy Spirit. Therefore, let all Israel know, be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you've crucified, Lord and Christ. There's no other message that's more significant than God sent his son to die for you. You're responsible for him, but he loves you anyway. And if today we're going to celebrate Pentecost, I want to invite any of you that are interested in celebrating Pentecost the way they did it. We're going to meet over here at Eastland 
you know, the, the shopping center over here and after lunch, you're going to have lunch. Anybody who wants to come, 12.30, probably by one more, one o'clock, have lunch. Then we're going to go out and share with people. Okay? Just share with people. What great way to celebrate Pentecost. Doing what they did. Because what did they do? They, they, they received a gift, and, and then they went around, and they were speaking, and they were declaring they were declaring God's favor, God's love for them, and they heard it in different languages. You know, there's going to be people speaking different languages over here, and I'm glad I speak two, three languages. But the important thing is, what's the message? Not the language. What's the message? Here's the message. God loves you very, very much. And you know what God's done for my life and my marriage? My family, he's changed, he's changed everything. I want to invite you to come and experience that with us here at the Lighthouse Church. Uh, I'd be willing to study the Bible with you if you have the time. Imagine somebody come up to you say, and just look you in the eye and say, hey, here's an invitation to church. No, no, no. God loves you very, very much. Imagine somebody at the bottom, at the bottom. Today is the worst day of their life. And you show up and you say, do you know something? God loves you very much. And he wants to help you and he wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to teach you how to straighten things out. And you just leave it like that. Okay? And, and there may be some people today that want to study the Bible. All of this was made possible by Jesus, his death, his resurrection, which we're about to, re to, to remember now when we take communion. And I want to encourage us as church because I believe, God, that guys, that more we get in touch with the Holy Spirit and his voice, I believe he's going to use us the same way he used them to help a lot of people. And that's, I believe, the greatest desire that the Holy Spirit is to change us but change people around us. We're a mission church. It's our DNA. And, and the truth of the matter is, is we're not helping a lot of people right now the way we could because we're too wrapped up in ourselves and our problems. Holy Spirit, will you help us change that? Will you help us be different? Because there's a lot of people just like we were out there who need help. So let's pray with me, if you would, for the communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, God, so, so much. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, that he came here on earth to walk among us, God, and it must have been really hard for him because, God, there's so much evil in this world. It's just so much selfishness and pride and, and hatred. And Jesus walked this earth in love. God, he spoke to us. He died for us. He suffered for us. He took our place and took on what we deserved. God, I beg you, I plead with you, God, that you'll please forgive us for neglecting your Holy Spirit as a church. Please forgive me for neglecting him. And I pray that together you'll, you'll, you'll empower us. I pray for our friends who are here, God, that, that you'll speak to them and you'll let them know that you love them so much and you want a relationship with them. Bring them close. Help them, God, to know that, that there's got to be a change in their life. God, and as Peter said, the people responded and they repented. They turned to you and they got baptized. We pray that will be the response. Even today, God, go before us. But right now we lift up Jesus, his death, his body, his blood. Please give us a new start today, God. Please bless our series. Help us, God, to be close to you than we've ever been in our lives. Thank you, God, for making it possible. 
Bless this communion. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.